radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. So, Frank, we had a busy weekend full of news, believe it or not. Lots of lots of stuff happened uh, starting, I guess, Saturday. But before we get into all of the, how do I say it, intensive stuff, this mm-hmm. was a brilliant, brilliant video put out by Live Action over, I think it was Thursday or Friday that it came out. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Oh, it's good. Here we go. One whole year since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Which means they've been making abortion illegal all over the place. So these are dark times. These are dark times. Dark times. Dark times. Un tiempo muy oscuro. Because now, now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, a woman can get pregnant just from having sex. I'm not seriously considering going down the dangerous path of abstinence until marriage. I find myself in this really bizarre state where I'm asking guys about things like their values and trustworthiness before sleeping with them. Before a girl will have sex with me now, she's asking me all these dumb questions like, do you love me? And what happens if I get pregnant? And do you have a job? I don't know. Abortion being illegal where I live has definitely raised the bar for which men I'll date and have sex with. And that's a terrible thing. It used to be that if I got a girl pregnant, I would just force her to get an abortion. And I can't do that anymore. And that's awful. I can't tell you how many first dates I've had in the last year where no sex happens. All we do is talk about who we are and get to know each other. Ladies, if you haven't done it already, you need to get an IUD. This will make your uterus a toxic and hostile environment like it's supposed to be. It's like now sex is such a bigger deal. It's not just about me using someone else's body to get myself off. It's like the government is making me responsible for a bunch of stuff I shouldn't be responsible for. like my sex life and my children. Why would I ever want to bring a child into a world like this? A world in which it's illegal to kill children. I live in constant fear of a baby somehow finding its way into my uterus. So these are dark times. Dark times. Dark times. The overturning of Roe v. Wade did this to me. The Supreme Court of the United States put this inside of my body. Okay, so new idea here. I think that a man and a woman, before they have sex, need to draw up some sort of contract that says, I promise to take care of you and you promise to take care of me. And we both promise to take care of any kids that we produce together. I mean, like, I know it's new. I know it's shocking. I know it's out there. But that kind of contract is the only way that I see us moving forward. That's marriage. No. No, it's not. I, well. Amy Coney Barrett personally did this to me. Mm, brilliant. I always, always said, they're, they're just scared. You know, as soon as Roe versus Wade has been, has been rightfully rebuked and reversed, um, then p- women are just going to start getting spontaneously pregnant because that's that's the only thing. 
Hey, you know, uh, here's the best part. When I saw that going around, of course, I was, I was, I, I mean, I, I thought it was fantastic, but I jumped into the comments because I knew, I knew there was going to be too many lamentable people who thought that it was real. Oh, there were so many people who didn't realize it. I knew it too. Yeah. And, and I jumped in and, and it, it, it's just, I like that kind of stuff now because, um, there's a lot of people that just they don't realize parody anymore because everything that was a parody is now real. Well, you know what I woke up to this morning? I um I woke up and I had a really really good end of the evening. I woke up and the first thing that was there was a an angry email from some woman. It had to be a woman. It was written like a woman. And uh and she she was demanding that I cancel her monthly subscription to my show she watched friday night's episode and when i covered the um that ridiculous fourth of july statement by ben and jerry's about indigenous but, land yeah ben and jerry's on fourth of july like every other militant marxist organization out there said um said you know uh, just a reminder on fourth of july this is stolen indigenous land and we need to give it all back and and on on friday night's show i said no nah, no i'm glad we stole it I'm glad we stole it. Whatever, and and, uh, and and I even prefaced it, or I, I even uh, amended it by saying, "By you know, my family didn't get here into the last moments of the 19th century, but I just can't take these statements anymore. I just want to give them what they want. They want to call us racist. Say, okay, fine, I'm racist. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even be defensive with them anymore because that just continues to whatever. I got an email saying, "How narrow-minded of you." saying that you're okay that the land was stolen those are my people please cancel my subscription you suck oh, you know Lord. I'm like wow I said okay so you know what I'm glad you're gone I'm glad you're gone so there you have it Lord I just I... um yeah well <laughs> it's it's comedy for you moving to a different topic I just wanted to make sure everyone saw that or listened to it it's really really good um there have been a couple of legal developments. In the General Flynn case, the government filed a motion to dismiss for lack of subject matter jurisdiction and failure to state a claim. Now, it's 40-something, 47 pages long. I've read through it. They also filed a motion to stop discovery while this is decided, which is weird to me because it, it just seems to be a little premature, but it's okay. Long story short, after reading this a couple times, um, there is no good, I don't feel anyway, but I'm not an attorney. There is no good motion to dismiss here. He, the, the attorneys for the government are basically alleging that General Flynn doesn't have a claim in a nutshell because he pled guilty first and then, you know, changed his guilty plea. Um, and also attacks the Justice Department for withdrawing their charges, which means they're basically attacking themselves. It's um, it's really weak. So I'm going to do a thread on this for everybody at some point this week. I am so overwhelmed right now uh, and get it out there. But it's 47 pages long and it's all a bunch of patooey. As a matter of fact, when they detail the Spygate story in here as broadly as they decide to detail it, um... There are errors and, and misstatements everywhere. So I'm going to try and fill in those gaps where I can. And also, 
their argument that the, that he can't sue because he's using the tort claim law wrong is nonsense too. So the, the whole thing is nonsense. They get to reply to this after they reply to it. The judge will probably have oral arguments for each side to argue it. And then he'll make his decision. Um, also, over the weekend, last night, late last night at like 9, 930 or something like that. What time was it? 906. The plaintiffs in the Missouri v. Biden case, which would be Missouri, Louisiana, and all those independent plaintiffs, filed their motion to oppose the stay. As we talked about on Friday, the um, the government wants the court to stop the injunction from continuing because they say that it will cause grave harm to the United States of America if the social media companies can't censor Americans' First Amendment protected speech. Yeah. Because that's really the only thing left in the injunction that they're not allowed to do. They can do everything else. We went through, we read everything. Well, the the plaintiffs responded to this and it's it's glorious. And I just wanted to read a little bit of it because it's it's really good. Just a couple like segments of it. The court's pre- preliminary injunction prevents defendants only from doing what the First Amendment plainly forbids. Urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech posted on social media platforms. Before the injunction was entered, defendants spent months attempting to identify areas of legitimate government conduct that such an injunction might disrupt. Because they st- they kept saying this throughout. You can't do this because this. You can't do this because then we can't do this. You- and the judge painstakingly took all of the things they complained about and excluded them. So the list of things they can do are all the things that the government was complaining if this injunction went through, they wouldn't be able to do. So that's why when I say, I understand some people are like, oh, national security, they're just going to use this as a guise to censor everything. This is why the judge did it that way, but it's never enough, you see. And the government wouldn't be fighting back against it so hard if they didn't need more to be able to propagandize the entire country. So they submitted five declarations from senior federal officials identifying areas of government speech and conduct with which they claimed an injunction enforcing First Amendment rights might interfere. The court carefully addressed all of those concerns by providing eight clear and specific exclusions to the injunction, which specify areas of legitimate government speech and conduct that the injunction does not prohibit. Defendants now seek to stay the preliminary injunction, claiming the injunction may cause grave harm by, quote, preventing the government from engaging in a vast range of lawful and responsible conduct. But after months of searching on this very issue, they cannot identify a single specific example of supposedly grave harm the injunction might cause or a single specific example of the lawful and responsible government conduct that the injunction prevents. By its plain terms, the injunction permits defendants to engage in the full range of permissible government speech and conduct. And then they list all the reasons. In fact, defendants identify only two vague categories of supposedly legitimate government conduct that the injunction supposedly may be read to prevent. Speaking on matters of public concern and working with social media companies on initiatives to prevent grave harm to the American people and our democratic process. Those are the things the government says it can't do right now, okay? Wherever the grave harm comes from, grave harm, that would be, I would assume, election stuff. 
And that's a, there's a cutout for anything illegal surrounding elections. So now they say the evidence in this case overwhelmingly shows that the way the government supposedly prevents grave harm to the American people and our democratic processes is to pressure and induce social media platforms to censor disfavored viewpoints on COVID elections and other core political speech. The government's assertion of grave harm, therefore, boils down to the claim that it should be allowed to continue violating the First Amendment. In their end, in the end, their position is fundamentally defiant towards the court's judgment. It demonstrates that the government will continue violating First Amendment rights by censoring core political speech on social media as soon as it can get away with it. The motion is just it, it's just incredible. It's just incredible to um, to watch this creature claw back and um, and, and just assert that th these are all essential essential um functions that that what they have been have, what they have 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 take, picked up over the years and what they have granted them permission themselves permission to do to us over the years has is now being um very wrongfully portrayed as an essential function they're it's, literally it's, fighting the courts to be able to destroy our first amendment right that it, it, it there's no other way to even talk about it it's so clear and then this goes on um i don't know it goes on for oh 17 pages and it goes through all the standing arguments and everything else the government's trying to pull and why they're wrong and blah 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 i just the appeal has been filed there's nothing there yet so we're waiting on it but this judge is not going to grant the stay they're going to have to keep their mouths shut for a while. And it's just this response is beautiful. So I'm going to thread this for people too, and it'll be an article, and I'm behind. It's so crazy. It's so crazy to me that they're literally fighting about not being able to take away the First Amendment. They're literally fighting about it. They're, yep. they're desperate to be able to censor people. And they're basically, by this order, because any sane person who read this sees it for what it is. What you can't do all has to do with protected free speech. What you can do all has to do with the things the government may want to communicate with social media companies about regarding crime, criminal conduct, uh, for, you know, attention to national security, whatever broad brush that's painted with, whatever. And they're arguing against it and, and taking the CNN approach of misreading it so poorly. Like, I'll give an example in a second. But that argument just, it they're, it, it, they're admitting guilt. They're literally admitting guilt by, by arguing against this. It, they shouldn't care. They should be like, oh, that's all right. We can deal with that. Like, it shouldn't even be a fight. So the if if this story was devoid of any reference to party or who appointed who, but like let's say that there there was a way to completely cancel out in people's minds, uh, who is in office right now and how sympathetic the current established order in the executive branch is, and who on the other on the opposition end who appointed this judge that has that granted the injunction last week. If all that's out of the way, I think that most people, most people would, would look at this and say, 
why the hell is the government so adamant about being able to do things that they are not allowed to do? I mean, it's 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 like for if anybody has watched the um, the nutshelled version, it's not even a nutshell. It's it's mutated and then nutshelled version of the coverage that's going on in mainstream media about this. The little three minute the three minute segments that's being given this subject is being given on MSNBC and CNN and all that stuff. Like everything else, it's just about Trump appointed judge versus people who want to keep us safe. I, I it, there's there's no there's no no context to it. But if they just saw this and there was nothing that that even hinted toward um, factions, then it, it really makes it. It's actually startling. It's um. They're basically challenging Frank. They don't understand what First Amendment protected free speech is. And the judge's use of that term is confusing. And some people in government won't understand it. And the judge footnoted the definition of First Amendment protected free speech and said something to the effect of, oh, um, hold on said something to the effect of, oh, the protected free speech is free speech enshrined in the First uh, Amendment of the Constitution and federal court cases that have upheld free speech here, 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 and here. And he was vague about the court cases. And the government said, what, is our, our employees now to go research every federal court case that referenced free speech to understand what they can and cannot speak to uh, the, the social media companies about. It's very simple, morons. We can say literally almost anything we want, especially when you don't agree with it. If you don't agree with it, it's likely protected free speech. Very simple. Yeah, if you're, if you're caught, if somehow you're caught trying to solicit, uh, you know, a hit, murder, if you're organizing and planning some sort of a terroristic event, uh, I mean, I mean, there, there's plenty of there's plenty of commercial crimes out there, false advertising, things like that. You know, fraud. I mean, these are just cr crimes that are committed all over the place, not just even in the in digital uh, uh, spheres of influence. That, that's just what it is. There is no First Amendment responsibilities. There's none. There's no policing power for speech. Nothing. Zero. Everything that comes I, out of a person on social media can be false and knowingly false. And it doesn't matter. Now, we start getting into broader ethical discussions when we dis when we talk about the um, the way that organizations like CNN, Fox, uh, NBC, portray themselves as unbiased arbiters of information when we know that they are actually working to a very specific political end. You know, there, there are ethical considerations there. There are disclaimers that you wonder what, what can they be forced to do? But ultimately, even that, it, it, it's up to us to be adults. And, um, and it's not even about the government in that respect really wanting to be there to protect us from information to disinformation they have a vested interest in what information is reaching us and how we are perceiving it it's about their interests they actually don't even care about us no. as as information consumers no they don't and and you know the funny thing is you said false advertising and stuff like that well 
I mean, if that if that were the case, we should be somebody should be holding the government accountable for the false advertising they did about the COVID shots for goodness knows how long. Talk about false advertising. That's the thing that that Barb woman from the other day. Remember we talked about her? That that Barb McQuaid or whatever her name is. She's doing a book on disinformation and she said, oh, I just sent my manuscript over. I just sent over my manuscript to be looked at by my publishers. Um, the title is The Enemy Within. Um, hold on. Here it is. She said, well, here it is. The completed draft of my book on disinformation. I've just submitted what they call the manuscript to Seven Stories Press. Let the summer of edits begin. It's like this big, huge stack. It's called Attack from Within. And I said, unless this book contains every one of you and your co your ICDOJ friends' tweets, it isn't going to live up to its title. Because she was the biggest proponent of the dossier and how true it was. And all of these people who live and die by, quote, disinformation do not... They know that what they're spreading is disinformation, but it's like upside down world for them. It's insanity to me to see these people. This one in particular really gets me. I'm on a crusade against Barb. I don't like Barb. I don't like Barb at all. Anyway, moving right along. So that's that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll stay on top of that stuff on Truth and on Twitter. And um, I have a, an article to publish on the thread that I did another section of last on Friday. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm overworked right now. So we'll do that. Now, Robbie Starbuck tweeted yesterday this tweet. This is a horrific local story I need help getting the word out about for local police. As a, a, a local soccer coach in Franklin, Tennessee named Carrillo. Oh. You saw this? Camilo Campos. He left his phone at a restaurant. It was filled with videos of him raping boys who were unconscious. Many may not realize they're victims, but his phone has evidence of a lot of victims. If your child ever played for him, was around him, or associated with him in any way, then the police need you to call, and they give the number, 615-794-2513. This, they opened up the phone to try and figure out whose it was and found all of that stuff on it. These boys were passed out, incapacitated, the police say that some of them may not even know that they experienced that because they were out cold. So and what was he doing? Like roofing them on like uh, on on trips with the team? Like he would go out and recruit kids because he coached club. So it's a little different because club sports, you know, they're free and basically open to anybody. They're not teams on school boards and or schools and stuff. And he would recruit them and then he would wait and, and make up relationships with the kids and then invite them over and say, oh, we're going to practice at my house because we can't, you know, whatever. And the parents would bring them there and then he would drug them and rape them and re record it. And then the kids would leave. Here it says the, the ch detectives say the children in these videos were in such an unconscious state that they may not even realize they are victims. It would be it would be murder. If that was if that was one of my if my if my child was in, I mean, and even if it was children that I knew like if it's a community thing but if that was my child then I hey I'm I guess I'm I am preparing myself for the legal consequences but I'm going to murder him um I don't think that you're alone I would 
I'm going to murder him. I don't know what I would do if I, I don't know how I would. I don't know what I would do if I found out that somebody did that to my kid. Which it is, would be a mercy. It, 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 as for as for as bad as creative as I would as I would get in how I would I would end this man's life. It would still be a mercy. Everybody on the deserves. comments of this, a lot of people are saying that this is about one of those times where you should just put this people, this guy, out in the town square. It's not even just putting him out. It's got to be public. That's what they're we saying. Gotta, Put him in the town square. Executions. Put him in the town square and let people have their way with him. That's what they're saying in the in the article in the comments underneath this. But the reason why I opened with this one is because over the weekend, Sound of Freedom has done an unbelievable job at you the You see box. it yet? No. And I gotta be honest with you. I personally am holding off seeing it. I spent a few years researching and covering child sex trafficking, ritualized abuse, and things like that. And I'm like scarred and mentally distraught. And I am kind of hesitant to watch it because I, I don't know how I'm going to react. It doesn't get, it doesn't get graphic. It doesn't get graphic, but you know, the, the it doesn't lie about what's going on. And it, 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 it pulls and squeezes at your heart as as a human being, let alone you as a parent. You know, so there, there's that. But it's uh, it, you're you're not going you're not going there for some to to I don't know I, I you're it's not going you're definitely going to be an emotional response. But I don't think that you're going to be um, destroyed. Okay, like, I'll see it. I'm going to see it eventually. I just. Wasn't rushing out to see it the first weekend, but any, I mean, it it's done absolutely amazing. I have a, a um a spreadsheet on the screen from No Restrictions Studios that re, that tweeted this out. Um, Sound of Freedom did forty point two million dollars at the box office from July fourth to July 9th. Insidious thirty two point six. Indiana Jones forty nine. Less screens, too, by the way. Indiana Jones had 4,600 screens and um, or per day. And um, Sound of Freedom started at 2,600 and ended up at around 20, 28.5. And they increased their volume as the day went on. As a matter of fact, J- July 8th, they brought out in 7.2 million. The first day, July 4th, July 4th, $14.2 million dollars. And if you take a look at the rest of these movies, they're in the range with them. Now, what has happened since this movie has done that has really been something to watch. Now, I said we did a show. We've talked about this a lot. The the politicization of harm, how the left and the terrible people in charge have used child children and harm against children politicized it to make it polarizing by attaching all sorts of nonsense to it, calling it a conspiracy theory, hooking it to QAnon, all kinds of bull to to make it so that normal people, like normal people, will hear, oh, it's a movie about child sex trafficking. It's probably a conspiracy theory movie and not see it or anything of that sort. And they've politicized harm to children and they've done it to the point where a lot of the I don't want to say a lot I can't clarify the number but people a a good amount of people are now fighting 
to harm children instead of the opposite. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, yes. Yes. I, I, I was covering I, the last thing I did before the week ended last week was was jumping into the ridiculous reporting of people like Roger Friedman at Showbiz 411. How, I mean, and these, these are people who are like staunch Disney Star Wars apologists and all that stuff who are you know, tried to sell that trash. And on this end, everything that the salty coverage of this movie from from little barbed comments about how it's a small obscure studio it is a uh you know low budget film it is from a christian group of writers from p and then, and then they go into people involved with the film who have not yet come out as christian or not who cares? so, so it's it, it is it's all that's going on here. And then uh, this guy, this one particular guy, this movie, uh, this movie critic was just so pissed off that it had beaten out um, Indiana Jones, complaining that Indiana Jones was already hamstrung by bad, bad marketing decisions, bad marketing decisions. I, I mean, every time I turn on a television, I, I put on a we had a couple of things on over the weekend. There was a game that was on, and then we watched uh, something else yesterday. It's they have Indiana Jones call to action on every, every everywhere. Yeah, yeah. They can't get people to go out to see it though. There were no TV commercials about this movie, were there? No, none. There weren't. None. This was all word of mouth and organic advertising from people. And they hate that. I know they don't want real things to flourish. So one of the people, one of the articles that really, really just pissed people off was this review of Sound of Freedom um, from Rolling Stone. Sound of Freedom, the QAnon-tinged thriller. Yeah, QAnon-adjacent, they say, too. Yeah, I, well, what the F does that even mean? This yeah, because it's not QAnon, but there's some really cr weird links between the two. They don't weird. even know what QAnon is, for goodness sakes, first of all. Second of all, this movie was done before QAnon existed. Remember? They did this one. It was I, done it, like five years ago before QAnon was even a thing. It was finished. They had they couldn't release it because Disney was holding it up and they had it like in lock and they were trying to buy it so it couldn't be released because of course Disney wouldn't want a movie about something like this to be released. So they write this review. It, the, the, the tweet says... Sound of Freedom, the QAnon-tinged thriller about child trafficking, is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy-addled boomer. Here. Conspiracy-addled. Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. What? The, it, it is just the reaction is just ridiculous because there's nothing political and you'll see when you go see it tracy there's nothing political about the movie no of course not because this isn't a political topic there's no reference to party there's no reference to presidents there's nothing there's nothing there's not obviously you have a straight white christian male uh and as as the uh as the the protagonist that in itself is just not 
okay. not acceptable for yeah. um, for modern Hollywood anyway. So uh, other than that, I guess they they just internalize that as a, a political trigger point in itself, and then they're so obsessed with with uh, with Q far more than people who ever read the drops were. They're so obsessed with it. Well, they've turned and, it into a weapon, and they've done it very efficiently. So it's just it's just ridiculous. So here's what it says. Based on a true story I heard from somewhere across the theater, the familiar words had appeared on screen, and an elderly man had taken it upon himself to read them aloud to the rest of a sizable audience seated for a matinee showing of the anti-child trafficking thriller Sound of Freedom, starring Jim Cat. Caviezel. That's how you say it, right? Caviezel? Caviezel. Yeah. For the seasoned moviegoer, this phrase is a joke. We know that cinema will stretch almost any truth to the breaking point. And wow. The, yeah, and the rank insincerity of such a pronouncement is the foundation of the prankish opening titles of Fargo. But this crowd, I could tell, would view the events depicted over the next two plus hours as entirely literal. They were literal. It did happen. Oh, they go. Oh, you, you, everybody is going after the the work. Uh, I, I, again, that Roger Friedman guy, when we were reading through that article, it was a short one, said that it, it even the the true story, whenever they say true story, they have it in, in, in rabbit ears. They have it in quotations and they talk about how even the true story is debatable. So so um, it, it's not just. I mean, like I said, like I said, to, if you are in a world like we are in right now, it's one thing to be triggered into knee-jerk opposition of whatever the people who are part of the other clique are for. It's a, it, it's just you see it all the time. But to just say that this, that human trafficking is altogether a paranoid conspiracy theory, is mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling that he, they would go that far. He It gets worse, too. That's the thing. Um, this guy has, has privated his tweets now because he's being accused of being pro-pedophile, which you can't argue after reading this. Caviezel, best known for being tortured to death in Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. No, no. I, I mean, I knew him from persons of interest, but hey, whatever works, right? Has become a prominent figure on the conspiracist right giving speeches and interviews in which he hints at an underground holy war between patriots and a sinister legion of evildoers who are harvesting the blood of children. It's straight-up QAnon stuff, right down to his use of catchphrases like the storm is upon us. Here, he gets to act out some of that drama by playing a fictionalized version of Tim Ballard, head of the anti-sex trafficking nonprofit Operation Underground Railroad, in a feature film that casts the operator as a Batman-style savior for kids sold into the sex trade. He says all of this as though... Oh, it's just gross. Ballard himself has dabbled in Q-adjacent conspiracy theories. Q-adjacent. Such as the Wayfair trafficking hoax. That uh, which, which I still don't. I still, uh, the jury's still out on that for me. It was never proven. Let me explain why. Do you want to know why? I know why. When somebody found that, they made a huge tactical error. Before they did anything to ferret it out, to do further research, to look into it, they ran to Twitter and posted it to be the first one to show everyone. 
And then they were able to go back in around the back end and, and take away any, like they ruined it by being a, in a rush. If you find something that's, that's like, you know, weird like that, put your mouse down, walk away, go out for a walk, come back, dig the hell into it a little further, archive the hell out of everything you can find, do some research into the seller, do all this stuff, get it all ready, then bring it public. Don't just rush to internet. That's why that one was never able to be ferreted out the right way. He went, the person went too fast. So, um, anyway. Okay, Ballard himself, Q adjacent, while his organization has far-right affinities and a long record of distorting its botched raids, which rely on bizarre tactics like asking psychics where to find victims for rescue. Ballard, Caviezel, and others of their ilk had primed the public to accept Sound of Freedom as a documentary rather than delusion by fomenting moral panic for years over this grossly exaggerated epidemic of child sex trafficking, much of it funneling people into conspiracist rabbit holes in QAnon communities. In short, I was at the movies with people who were there to see their worst fears confirmed. It It, says here it it fetishizes the torture of child victims and... It fetishizes the torture of child. But I mean, no, it, it actually brings it to the it brings it to the fore a little bit. And it show and it, and it reminds people of what's going on and what is being ignored by the people. Uh, the same uh, the same uh, front is especially this this media front is the first layer of it who goes out there and apologizes for how bad Hollywood me- messaging really is who apologizes for the tactical mistakes that Cuties made when it was rolled out on oh. Netflix. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they attribute they attribute that to tactical mistakes, marketing faux pas, things like that, and not just sexualizing children. These are the people who, um, the, 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 the Michael Strahan's of the world, who allow drugged up 10-year-old drag queens to strut around on morning television cameras. Here it is, right here, the side-by-side like you just mentioned. Here's the Rolling Stone tweet. Here's the Rolling Stone tweet about Cuties. Thanks to a major marketing mistake, the award-winning French movie Cuties was accused of sexualizing young girls. It's actually actually a sensitive portrait of growing pains that deserves to be seen. Sick, sick people, just sick. So he goes on and, and does all this, and then he gets... He gets slammed online by everybody and their mother, and and he changes it. And then we had this come out. A missing 14-year-old girl with learning disabilities found at Camp Pendleton in California sold for sex to a U.S. Marine. And I say, oh, it's just a vast right-wing QAnon conspiracy theory. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Here's the story. She was sold in a ring to a Marine at Camp Pendleton. And the people there just let her walk right in with him. Very crazy. So I decided I was going to do a little research. I used Google. I set my search parameters Jan- June, um, June 1st to, to July 10th. Give us like a month or so of data. How many trafficking stories? I used the search term arrested for sex trafficking. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of articles about sex trafficking rings that have been busted up in the past month. So yeah, no, nobody's over-exaggerating anything. 
They are damaging our children. And if they're not doing it this way, they're doing it with their uh, sex surgeries, ripping off their breasts, creating fake penises, taking penises off, giving them medicines that will make it so that they can never go back to what they were supposed to be. There is a war going on. The left politicized it to normalize it. And this is where we find ourselves. Yep. Six- Let's say, hey, there's no, there's no other way to say it. They are, they are standing in the way of any kind of real criticism and any in the way of any kind of inspired action to address something that is going on and it's only getting worse because the cover it is receiving is obviously so coordinated and it is it is just it covers the it runs the gamut everybody's involved nurse penny just gave us a little rumble rant and said for the love of god there are currently 85,000 migrant children missing this that's is, just the latest admission yeah yeah where the hell are they i mean and, and rolling stones like oh they're just over, over uh, exaggerating a tiny little problem. There's really nothing going on, people. This, these are just crazies, crazies that want you to believe that there's a massive. Uh, th- human beings are the most value. They make the most money for criminals out of any other commodity they may sell illicitly. It is a business that funds the world's uh, depravity. It's disgusting. And they're trying to... This guy from Rolling Stone should be ashamed of himself. And then we get to this one. 16-year-old girl banned from the YMCA and kicked off her swim team for opposing a naked man in their locker room. And this is where we're at, where people will now yell and fight with you because you're mad about this. To make matters worse, Frank... And and they'll be banned. They'll be banned so that the, 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 the mentally ill man can stay in the wrong bathroom. To make matters worse, her older sister had to go through the exact same thing with Leah Thomas. Her older sister is obviously, I guess, a professional swimmer on the same team as Riley, who had to deal with with Leah Thomas. That whole story we've talked about a million times. And can I just say something? I see this all going on right now. <sighs> Never mind. I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to forget it. Um, and And now we've got a little bit more of like a smorgasbord of stuff that pissed me off over the weekend multiple people shot in queens okay we're gonna play this video one was shot in the shoulder at 134th in jamaica the second's in life-threatening condition at 128th in hillside which is not a that's a very well-trafficked area i'll just say it's not like a it's a very well-trafficked area hillside avenue the third shot in life-threatening condition at at jamaica avenue one of them was 15 i have a Minute long clip will just play so you guys get the uh. That's, that's not her. Oh, yeah. 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 This is the police presence on scene. Evidence. So I don't know, you see what about five, six cops walking around there, maybe seven or eight, right? Yeah. And then this. Now, I don't know when this came out. I don't know when this happened. But this guy is standing outside of some park in New York City on the sidewalk, smoking a cigarette. Watch what happens to him. Sing him. 
You why see are, this? Why see are this? you putting cuffs on him? Do you see this? Why are you putting cuffs on this man? I'm just pausing it. There are at least 10 police officers with this man in a suit who was smoking a cigarette on the sidewalk outside of a New York City park. I'm just going to... Uh, hold. Mm. It's like any other union job over there. One person swinging a shovel, the other one's on their phones. Unbelievable. Here. He's violating a rule of the Union Square Park. He's not in the park. He's inside the park. What the fuck is going on? He's not inside the park. This is the park. All right, he's and he's not being arrested. He did not want to give his identification, so he's going to report to the precinct where he's going to show his identification. He's going to get some. They have the cigarette as evidence in their hand. Evidence. A cigarette. While the rest of Manhattan burns to the ground, these officers are standing around a sole man standing on the sidewalk outside of a park who dared light a cigarette. We're, we're, we're just, we're a joke and we deserve it. I don't know when this happened, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This drove me not just the, and I said like, I'm allowed. I'm allowed to criticize this. I have family that was in the NYPD. I have friends that were in the NYPD. This is unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. Like, what are you even? Well, uh, well again, there is our, there's your lockdown. If we could say what we can have all the debates we want about, uh, you know, what 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 virus had, uh, was what went around and the sniffles everybody caught and all that stuff over the course of a year and a half. But there's your pandemic. That's the pandemic right there. If it weren't for those assholes, there is we, we're not living the way that we are right now. Well, they follow all orders, this, Frank. They just follow well, orders. Exactly. I mean, that's it. There is nothing. There is nothing without without policy enforcement to go along with it, and just way too many did. Sorry, I know that. I know that some people out there have wonderful sheriffs, and they have wonderful, um, uh, you know, liberty conscious police forces in this country, and that is why they turned out a lot better off than elsewhere. But that's that was the real pandemic. Speaking of the pandemic, we had a bunch of this stuff uh, for Friday, but we didn't get to it. So I wanted to go through a couple of things today. We've got about 10 minutes left. This doctor posted a tweet. Clinicians, I recommend performing full body PET scans of long COVID patients. Long COVID, which people have had issue with, but not, not as many as they're trying to make it out to be. I believe the evidence now shows, as I previously hypothesized, that the spike protein induces the cellular environment of cancer. The spike protein transforms the body into a systemic Warburg effect metabolism. This is why those with long COVID present with the symptoms of a metastatic cancer. Myriad, perhaps millions of microtumors are induced, cancer seeds. The SP is most likely the on oncogenic protein ever observed, the most oncogenic protein ever observed or created. There's a link to a study and... Lynn said, it's the shot, Dr. Finn. It's the shot. Percentage of long COVID in unjabbed is statistically zero. They're calling vaccine injured now long COVID. That's their cover. Anyone who's vaccine injured is long COVID because all of them have basically had COVID. So all they're saying now is if you were, they're not even bringing the vaccine into it. Any injury you have after COVID is now long COVID. And that's how they're going to, 
shroud the actual or try to shroud the actual harm of the vaccine. I want to show you the daily count of doses of vaccine administration in the uh, United States. It has cratered out to nothing. I mean, there was a spike in, in, in 21. There was a little tiny spike in, in 22. And now there was, we're down to May 9th. Are those all, are all those little tiny bumps corresponding uh, booster releases? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but look at, I mean, granted, there, there's still a lot of people getting it, but there's less than ever before, ever before. And they found this, Frank, and, and this is something that I wanted to get into a little bit. And then we're going to quickly show Peter McCullough's study that they removed from The Lancet. Contaminated COVID products and monkey virus DNA. They have found DNA in the shots. Fragments of monkey DNA that was banned before because it induced it can it induced cancer. Microbiologist Kevin McKernan and his team recently discovered simian virus 40 promoters in Pfizer and Moderna's bivalent mRNA COVID shots. Yeah. SV40 has long been suspected of causing cancer in humans. DNA contaminants may have the ability to alter the human genome. One of Pfizer's vials also had an SV40 promoter with a nuclear localization sequence, a 72 base pair insertion that makes the promoter much more aggressive and also drives the sequence into the nucleus of the cell. DNA contamination is a warning sign that endotoxin, which causes anaphylaxis wasn't when injected, may be present. present. Um, another resistant gene is also included in the sequencing vector, and it's unclear if or how this might impact human health. In a worst case scenario, it could make your microbiome resistant to antibiotics. They put SV40, SV40 was in the polio vaccines between 1955 and 1963. Over 35 million people got it between those years. The CDC later admitted about it. So SV40, these cancer viruses, um, has, I mean, that you would think that they would have learned, learned this lesson a long time ago. No. 30 million plus people between those years in the 50s and early 60s got this shot into them uh, by way of the polio vaccine. So SV40 is is not uh, not groundbreaking as far as, um, you know, risk, unneeded risk. That it, It's serious. And again, cancer virus. Steve Dace tweeted, 92% of Peru's population took the poison poke. Quote, probably just a coincidence, nefarious. Just a great tweet. Peru declares a state of emergency amid a rise in cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome, a rare autoimmune disease that attacks the human nervous system. Then, 74% of COVID vaccine auto... Oh, wait, there was one more. It was the, the increase in... Um, hold on. Hold on, hold on. This one. There's been an alarming seven-fold increase in Steven Johnson syndrome linked to COVID-19 and the vaccine. Steven's Johnson syndrome is a is a um a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. I don't wish it on my worst enemy, but the only people that are getting the syndrome are vaccinated. It's all coming now. If you go to Ethical Skeptic on Twitter and you look at some of the reporting, and then you go to Dowd and look at the increase in disability for both males and females, you will see some startling and troubling information. And what are we now? 
two years out. Frank, you were saying, we were saying to each other, what is it going to look like in 10? What will it look like in 10 years? So here's the study that was taken down. 74% of COVID vaccine autopsy deaths were caused by the vaccine. Nobody was getting autopsies, right? They were just COVID death, COVID death, COVID death, COVID death, COVID death. Everybody dies from COVID. Everybody dies. McCullough, Rich, Roger Hodgkinson, and colleagues searched for all the published autopsy reports relating to COVID-19 vaccination up to May 18th, 2023. Out of 325 autopsy cases, they found a total of 240 deaths were independently adjudicated as directly due or significantly tr- contributed by COVID-19 vaccination. Let's uh, let's play this real quick. It's with um, brand new breaking news. So basically the headline at which I'm looking says Lancet study on COVID vaccine autopsies finds 74% were caused by vaccine journal removed study within 24 hours. And what I will you know, share with everyone is that some of the most distinguished and highly published people in their field, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Harvey Risch, and their colleagues at the Wellness Company um, published a preprint on Lancet of the, their findings looking at deaths shortly subsequent to um, mRNA vaccine injection. However, less than 24 hours later, the study was removed and a note appeared stating very damagingly to the reputations of the distinguished authors, quote, this preprint has been removed by preprints with The Lancet because the study's conclusions are not supported by the study methodology. Dr. McCullough, over to you. What the heck happened? We kept it up on the preprint server and this you know, got announced. Before we knew it overnight, the downloads of the full manuscript in the preprint server we're by the hundreds per minute. I've wow. never seen a manuscript. It was literally flying off the shelf because the evidence tables are so detailed on every death. There's, I think it's 48 pages total of evidence tables. And so it was literally flying off the shelf at Lancet all over social media. Then this morning we get a notice that you read and said, well, we're taking it down because they said the conclusions are not supported by the methodology. Methodology, you know, we, we lay it out. It's a standard search methodology. I've done this my whole career, uh, standard uh, adjudication and ultimately agreement. And, and again, it's autopsy. So there's not too much to, to disagree with. The autopsy, you know, show a blood clot, they show a heart damage. So the, the interesting thing that occurred though, is if Lancet would have done nothing, this would have been up on the preprint server. The, the paper would be published elsewhere. And, and it, it honestly wouldn't have gained the notoriety that it's gained. Wow. So wow, this is all over the world. People are, are basically crying out medical censorship by Lancet. And the question is, who called Lancet? Who actually raised objection to have Lancet do this overnight? That's, uh, that's the good, that's the million dollar question. Hey, listen, Frank, nobody was forced to take it so, I mean, nobody was forced to take it. Just as the 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 cards were stacked against everyone. But no one was forced, so it's fine. No one was forced. Just social ostrac- uh, ostrac- ostracizing. Um, uh, many people being forced out of their profession, well-paying jobs into unemployment or to lesser jobs that wouldn't screw with them. The media onslaught. The oh man, it's just. 
there's no there's no forcing, no pressure, no coercion whatsoever. No, no. it was one hundred percent a choice. All a choice. Everybody chose it. Everybody chose it. Nobody had second thoughts at all. Um, real quick before we end, one minute. This guy had to pretend to be black to get into medical school. <laughs> Shaved his head and made himself black. There are no privileges. That was in 1998, by the way. And then the mayor of Georgia went and tried to rob somebody, I guess. Oh, no. the actual mayor. The mayor I heard about uh, it. He broke, yeah. broke into a house. Yeah. And they said, do you know who the F I am to the homeowner as he held him at gunpoint? <laughs> and then there's this. They're accusing uh, RFK of being on steroids. But RFK, and then they include this interview with RFK where he says he's not taking steroids. Literally, he says, I'm not taking any steroids. He's on testosterone replacement therapy, which I have oh. literally zero problem with, honestly. <laughs> I see now, I, I wonder, all, all the same people who are coming out after uh, Sound of Freedom, uh, they want to be able to, to destroy RFK Jr. Uh, and and the, the one of the crazy ways that they're going at, about that is, of course, to to uh, question whether or not a man who is so critical of modern medicine, which he isn't, which he isn't, if you listen and you actually care about what he's saying, uh, how a man who's so critical of, of the pharmaceutical industry is obviously on steroids. And I said, A, uh, at 69 years old, it is not impossible to get like that without steroids. If you are, if you, first of all, if you have a, uh, this is why you build your body early in life because you have muscle memory and you have structure there. But if you are also really in uh, uh, in line with your diet and you are working out constantly and you're doing things that are are good for, I mean, it, it it can happen. But other than that, it's also not uncommon for anybody at 69, 70 years old to go on hormone replacement therapy to replace what you lost. I mean, he's not going on some 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 Ronnie Coleman stack. No, he's, he's on that. No, and not for nothing, but men in their 40s are also testosterone depleted. They just are. And it's yeah, not and a that's... bad thing. I mean, if I were having some crazy hormonal thing going on, I would probably seek to naturally, you know, boost that with whatever. I, I don't know. I have no problem with testosterone at all. At all. So that's it for today. We'll be back on Wednesday, though, Frank. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday streaming live at 8.30 a.m. Eastern on Rumble, Getter, and on Twitter. Don't forget Frank, Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Don't send him angry, angry emails. If you don't please know what don't. you're getting, please. No, not, please don't. Just don't do it. Rumble it and doesn't, all. It doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Quite frankly.tv or Rumble. We'll be back on Wednesday. Later.